You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. There is just a little over two months away until Dragon Con. <laughs> Dear God. I'm just going to let that set sink in for a little bit. <laughs> two months, as people are listening to this. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I am doing great, although, yeah, two months. I mean, that's not a lot of time. Two months isn't a lot of time, but, you know, if you want to look at it positively, it's two hot months. So you're going to be <laughs> inside and working on your costuming. And air conditioning. Exactly. Right. And, uh, of course, we are also very pleased to have with us Darren Noel. Howdy, everybody. What's Ho- up? Howdy, sir. How is, how is the, the, the costume going? <laughs> or costumes? <laughs> or is it down to costume right now? Uh, it, it's down to duct tape and prayer. <laughs> hey, I've seen that costume. I know. It's a good costume. <laughs> no, no, I've got an idea. And, of course, the best ideas are born out of the uh, weirdest places so i have an idea so i'm working from an idea right now yes i know two months i'm i'm aware get off my back okay (laughs) okay that can still be accomplished in two months are you feeling a little defensive there darren no (laughs) (laughs) uh we also have uh dacoma sanchez as returning to the station hey hey howdy howdy how are things going with you how is the costumes going with you they are trekking along. I have started painting. I am. I had had some skulls made for. I'm doing a classic Mystique, the white dress version from the comic books. Very nice. And um, I had had some skulls 3D printed, and they have been primed. And I am currently detailing them. And I scored an awesome blue jumpsuit from Goodwill today, which will be turned into a Ripley costume from Alien. I saw the pictures. It looks awesome. And quite possibly a Mike Myers later on. Oh. <laughs> Mike Myers crossplay. The magic of Velcro. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> switch up. And are, seam rippers. Okay. Are you, ta- are you talking Mike Myers from Friday the 13th or Fr- Mike Myers, Austin Powers? <laughs> Friday the 13th. Come now. Okay. <laughs> oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be oh that would yeah that would match up wouldn't it oh, oh my that would God. be a really frightening mashup yeah dressed as Austin Powers but with the ski mask on you have you have the mask and you have the gimpy teeth yep we've got to do this now and I have oh. to have like too much chest hair <laughs> like it has to be it has to be unbuttoned and I have to have some sort of wife beater on underneath uh-huh. of it with oozing chest hair with with the breast <laughs> exposed of course I am I am shocked that no one has made that mashup before well they will now podcast well, <laughs> yes if you're listening if you're listening to this and you were just inspired you know uh, please uh, come by and seek us out 
because I'd love to get pictures of all the uh, Mike Myers <laughs> and, that are going to be there. And please include, if somebody else does this, please include the ruffles on the sleeves. Like that <laughs> <laughs> needs to happen. Absolutely. It needs to happen. It'll get in the way of the hatchet, baby. <laughs> As uh, you might have already heard, uh, Nikki Rao Baker is back on the station with us. Hey, guys. Howdy. Glad to be back. How how are things going with you? Are you are you still uh I mean nervous about two months for DragonCon? Are you prepped? Um yeah. I have started booking more photo shoots and Excellent. um you know making arrangements to to uh, lead a couple of photo shoots at DragonCon. Uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm just shocked because <laughs> I I always look at the calendar and I'm like, okay, I've got time, I've got time, and then it's like, oh, it's tomorrow is the day of the con. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I still can't believe it myself. Two months. It just seems now so close. It might as well be a weekend away. Right. Uh, that's how close it is. Um, uh, well, I'm glad you're all here. We're also going to feature segments with Michelle Biddick-Simmons and Eternal Zan on this episode. Um, and this special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help out ESO by going through our link on our website. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a lot. Uh, if you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. And I got a feeling we might get some comments on this show, so I will repeat the feedback line for you all. 404-963-9057. Or you can email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. And you can also reach us on various social media sites as well. So uh, without further ado, going to get started with some quick news and notes. Uh, I, oddly enough, there's not a lot of big news uh, coming out uh, with uh, only two months to go. You'd think there'd be some more uh, things happening, but um, I do want to go over a couple dates. Um, June 30th is the last date uh, to uh, apply for a fan table. So if you want a uh, – I don't think uh, those cost anything, but there are certain requirements you have to meet in order to get a, a fan fan club table uh, at DragonCon. So uh, please uh, seek out the, original, uh, the uh, official site for more information about that. And July 15th is the final day of the $120 membership rate. Uh, after that date, they will go up to 130, and I believe they will uh, be 150 at the at the door. So, if you want to save just a little bit of more money now, uh, I would recommend it and and get those passes now. Um, there's not uh, it's never sold out before, but you never know. So, I, I would get you if you're if you know you're going and you don't have your membership already, uh, you need to make that happen. So um, a couple other things that I wanted to go over. Uh, just like I said, a little news. Um, the last Dragon Con Superheroes event is happening on July 24th. And that is at the Cater Wolford Gardens. Uh, from 2 to 6, uh, they're going to be teaming up with uh, four, the kid and all of us. And uh, basically, it's a backpack in the park. They're going to be collecting school supplies and prepare backpacks for needy students. So uh, we'll have a link on our show notes uh, for that. You can go to dragoncon.org to find out more about that program. But we definitely encourage you to, uh, even if you don't have anything to donate, 
to go out and volunteer and help uh, put the backpacks together because it's a, a real cool thing to do. Um, also on the official uh, um, DragonCon Facebook page, they have been running a vote and uh, the voting ends um, – but it's going to end uh, tomorrow, the 22nd at midnight. So uh, those people who are listening to this now won't be able to vote, but uh, they're voting on uh, DJs on who's going to be the DJ for Dragon Con night at the aquarium. Uh, and there's some really solid entries uh, for that. So, um, but you can check out the winner, whoever that's going to be. If you go to the, um, uh, the official uh, Facebook page and they also announced that the DJ for the, uh, Dragon Con video gaming 8-bit ball. I'm excited will, about this one. Will be none other than great friend of the station, DJ Spider. Whoop, whoop. Yep, she has, my understanding is that she hasn't actually officially DJed an event at Dragon Con for a couple years now. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think she had all about given up that uh, she was going to be able to, to do that. But uh, it's good to see her back uh, at Dragon Con. And, and I must admit, I have never personally heard her spin. Um, have you guys? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Very much so. This is my Thursday night event. If people want to meet me, that's where I'll be. I'll be there. They will be there. Dance hits from the (laughs) 70s and 80s. No, she does a great mix. It's pretty damn amazing. That is going to be at the Westin. Uh, And you'll hear a little bit more about that hotel a little bit later in the show. But that is Thursday, September 1st. It is at 10 p.m. I believe it's happening after – it's in a different hotel, but it's going to be happening after the wrestling. So uh, on Thursday night, there will be uh, Dragon Con Wrestling at the – I believe that's at the Hyatt. And then uh, at the Westin later on that night will be the 8-Bit Ball. So there is now official – I'm sorry? Sorry, one more thing about that. DJ Spider does have um, some mixes on Podomatic under that DJ Spider. So if you want to hear what her music sounds like, give it a try. Absolutely. That's Absolutely good. Thank free. you for that. F-R-E-E. Woohoo. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, just It's cool now that there is actually now official uh, Thursday programming. I know that they were kind of shying away from that last year. They tried it the year before. They shied away from it, but now, boom! I mean, it's back. They've got big events happening on Thursday. Oh, do they ever? So, um, and that's awesome. Um, that is all the real big news, actually, of of events that I, I have, other than, of course, guest announcements. And 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 so, uh, Mike and uh, and Darren, take that away. I, I will be playing the role of Mary Lou Who tonight. <laughs> so are you going to be dressing as Anson Rand this time? Uh, I could. The I'm imagining the you with, with the hair. Yes, the hair. The higher the hair, the closer to Moxie you are. <laughs> anyway. In Moxie we trust, as we In like Moxie to say. In Moxie we do trust, yes. So we'll start. Um, Harry Lacoste is a performer, teacher, and Roxy ukulele. After working on set on Sesame Street, he was inspired to try puppeteering again. He has a website, www.goodnewsgus.com, where his fuzzy yells friend Gus makes personalized videos and makes appearances like the kids reality uh really rock festival harry performed with team lopez a puppet improv team in new york city and a new team in boston called total felt down sarah hunter is a model actress showgirl and steampunk personality aka lady clankington she has appeared on multiple steampunk themes reality tv episodes of shows such as Oddities, Odd Folks Home, and was the styling consultant on Castle's steampunk episode. Her photos have appeared in several steampunk and cosplay publications. 
John Hudgens is a filmmaker, animator, and artist who has directed documentaries and several award-winning Star Wars parody films. He has worked on licensed properties including Babylon 5, Crimson Skies, Mech Warrior, and Star Wars. Teresa Pattinson works include The World of the Wheel of Time with Robert Jordan, No Quarter with Robert Atzbrin, Combat Courts Play with Navy SEAL Greg McFallon, and as well as a number of short stories and humorous stories of essays. She is also an editor. Jim Nappy Napolitano is a graduate of the Yukon Puppets Arts Program, has performed live puppet theater around the country and the world. His work has also been seen on Nickelodeon, PBS, HBO, and the Fox animated show Kirby, right back at you. Warp Star. Rian Marie is a co-producer of Dungeons and Randomness, a weekly Dungeons and Dragons podcast with four separate groups playing in one world in which their actions affect one another and tell a giant sprawling story. The story balances out over 20 players and telling a story which features over 100 characters. Pamela Cole, costumer, graduated from Goodman Theater, Chicago, over 40 years ago and continues working with dance companies, movies, museums, and reenactors in the greater Atlanta area and is head of costuming for Atlanta's Capital City Opera Company. She's been involved with Dragon Con's costume track from the beginning. Escape the Clouds is author, musician, artist, steampunk personality, and an aviation professional. There are many varied hats worn by Mac Rossimore as a writer with 60-plus pieces in print and through his musical project Escape the Clouds. He crafted exciting worlds and characters throughout words, music, and the love of history and aviation. Dr. Madness, professional costume designer and cosplayer. Philip has a flair for the eye-catching and awe-inspiring. He's worked for movie and stage sets for the last 15 years and is currently working on a stage production of a cult classic, Time Warp, anyone? Awesome. We had this person on our show just a couple months ago. Jack Walsh is the Emmy-winning director of Four Days at Dragon Con and Cosplay, Crafting a Secret Identity. Shannon Strucci is an editor and videographer known for her, quote, So You Want to Be a Film Nerd, unquote, web series. Professor Satire, also known as Mike Lanford, is a versatile comedian, actor, writer, and director. His comedy routines have rocked audiences with stunning laughter for over two decades. Mike's performances of his own poems, like The Haunted Refrigerator, amaze and amuse as much as his comedy. Alec Peters is the creator of Axanar, the groundbreaking Star Trek fan film founder of PropWorks Auction House, and author of StarTrekProps.com. Yes, and they're the ones who just went through that wonderful lawsuit with Paramount. Ah, there we go. Christopher G. Moore is the award-winning horror film director and host of the Hannibal Fan Podcast and American Horror Stories Fan Podcast. He frequent guests on the Horror News Radio and Decades of Horror Podcast. I see a theme here. And he's the co-writer of the popular Beatdown Boogie web series, Mario Warfare. Alyssa Lewis is an animator and animation recruiter, and she's most noted for her animation on over 75 episodes and promos of FX's Emmy-nominated series, Archer, and is also the CEO and founder of the animation resource and staffing agency, My Animation Life. Kenora the Klingon is a celebrated Klingon opera singer who intends to show the world the true beauty of Klingon opera. She also holds the title of Miss Star Trek Universe 2015. Joshua Holden is an award-winning puppeteer and joy maker in New York City. Broadway tour of Avenue Q, lead puppeteer in Peter Pan 360, Banksy's Sirens of the Lambs. In 2013, Joshua performed his own show, The Joshua Show, at the Puppeteers of America's National Festival, awarded Best Performance and Audience Favorite. He is at www.theambassadorofjoy.com. 
Ted Feinberg is known as an actor for his work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Star Trek Enterprise, and others. He is the award-winning producer, director, writer, having recently won the Director's Gold Award for the feature film Santa's Boot Camp, starring Eric Roberts and a lot of elves. King Williams is a multimedia filmmaker, author, and public speaker behind the film The Atlanta Way, a documentary on gentrification, and a 2017 novel, What to Do When Approaching 30. Ian Sinclair sounds like a dandy guy in space, which is exactly why he's the voice of Dandy from Space Dandy. Never one to limit himself to the final frontier, he's also Wisp from Dragon Ball Z, Trier from Smite, Montana from Battleborn, and Brooke from One Piece, amongst numerous others. Billy Piper's transition into acting began when she joined the BBC series Doctor Who as companion Rose Tyler. After Piper currently stars as Berna Graft in the Showtime series Penny Dreadful, she will be appearing at Dragon Con Sunday and Monday only. Naeko Mori had a small role in Doctor Santo in Doctor Who episode Aliens of London. Producer Russell T. Davis took note of her performance and decided to bring her character back as a regular in the first two series of Doctor Who spinoff, Torchwood. Gareth David Lloyd is best known for his role of Ianto, the long-suffering sidekick to Captain Jack on the hit BBC series, Torchwood. Sidekick? That's what they call it? That They called him sidekick. I would prefer the term lover. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Bern Gorman is a Hollywood-born, London-raised actor who has worked across the numbers of fan-favorite uh, genres, including Game of Thrones, Pacific Rim, Torchwood, and The Dark Knight Rises. He is currently starring in the third season of AMC's Turn and filming Ty West on The Valley of Violence. Dino Andrade uh, is a voice actor and is best known as Professor Putricide, Mimiron, Mechatork and Mad Bomber from World of Warcraft and the Scarecrow from Batman Arkham Asylum. Babacar Navadir is a Chicago-born and Atlanta-based filmmaker and visual artist. His work covers many diverse platforms and documentary film to his graphic novels. Barkar has worked on numerous films and television projects for clients such as True TV, Adult Swim, and VH1. Moxie Ann Magnus is a Star Trek drag queen with a YouTube channel, a weekly webcomic, and a ukulele she isn't afraid to use. Ms. Magnus performs all over the U.S. both as a noted MC and a second-rate comedian, and she is head of... Anyone? Anyone? Does no one know? She's the hairdresser, or actually cosmetologist on yes, the Enterprise. she's the head the cosmetologist, cosmetologist on the Enterprise. The chief cosmetologist yes. on the USS Enterprise, yes. That's right. And she will be actually on Earth Station One next week. Yep. So, Molly Coffey spends her nights writing and directing her own strangely quirky content. By day, she is a puppeteer extraordinaire and department champion. Her work can be seen in The Walking Dead, the Carbonaro Effect, FX Series Atlanta, and IFC Series Stand Against Evil, just to name a few. Sam Carter is a writer, director, producer, fabricator, illustrator, designer, and founder of the New Puppet Order. The man wears a lot of hats. Currently, he's wrapping production on Nature Calls, a short film created for, for handmade puppet dreams and produced by Heather Henson and Sam Koji Hale. Kelly Yates is an illustrator best known for his work on Doctor Who with both IDW and Titan Comics. He also writes and illustrates the creator-owned comic Amber Adams and Monster. Of course, friend of the show. We love Kelly. We do like Kelly. 
The Double Clicks write nerdy, clever songs and perform them in energetic uh, shows featuring cello and cat keyboard. At DragonCon 2015, we performed all over the place and filled up the concourse. Since then, our album debuted at on Billboard at number two, and we'll have at least one new album out by DragonCon 2016. And the Double Clicks actually were our victim in the geek seat this last week on Earth oh. Station 1. It was Sweet. a single click, but yes, yeah, uh, it was one. <laughs> it was a one click. One click only. Hold on, there we go. Yeah, Jacob Rochemont is a writer researcher with Marvel Comics official handbook of the Marvel Universe comic book series. Trey Roski is the co-creator and executive producer of the hit ABC television show BattleBots. Trey also serves as the CEO of BattleBots Inc., managing all aspects of the company's growth and initiatives. Trina Ray is the astronomer with the. Cassini Hughes mission to Saturn. She coordinates the Titan opportunities and the science planning sequencing team deputy, and is also a newly named investigation scientist for the mission to Europa and an active public speaker invited to give many talks around the nation. George Perez is an illustrator and writer of comic books born of Latin American Puerto Rican descent. Along with John Byrne, he was arguably the most popular and influential artist in American comic books in the 1980s. He primarily illustrates superhero comics, mainly published by DC and Marvel, and is known for his clean, dynamic, yet ornate style with a strong emphasis on group superhero action scenes. And if you want to hear more on George, we talked all about him last week on Earth Station 1. God, you know, we're promoting here. This is good. <laughs> this we, are, is awesome. we are so linked. The Earth Station One is so linked to Dragon Con. How does that happen? I have it just no idea. Yeah, speaking of linked, Bobby Nash is an award-winning author <laughs> of novels, comic books, short stories, novellas, graphic novels, and other occasional screenplays for a number of publishers and production companies. He is a member in good standings of the International Association of Media Tie-In and Writers and International Thriller Writers. And he is an award-winning writer, of oh, course. That guy again. And Absolutely. maybe we'll let him out of the airlock <laughs> for DragonCon. Hey, on all seriousness, it has been a few years since Bobby was an official guest, so congratulations oh, indeed, to Mr. Indeed. Nash. Cheers. Greg Munson is the co-creator and executive producer of the hit ABC. Did I already do that? It's a, it's a different guy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A Greg Munson is the co-creator and executive producer of the ABC television show BattleBots. Greg also serves as the president of BattleBots, Inc., running the day-to-day operations of the growing company's television sports league educational licensing efforts. Ah, it is a different guy. I told you. Thank you. Oh, God. I would never put two people together. Bah. Really? No. No. I I have in the past. It's okay. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Lips Down on Dixie is an Atlanta-based Rocky Horror Picture Show cast, which performs weekly Friday midnight shows at the Plaza Theater. Known nationally for their screen accuracy, the cast has been made appearances at venues around the Southeast region, including the Masquerade, Club Future, Chamber, Tongue and Groove, and many others. All right. If you've never seen a Rocky Horror cast, go see them. Seriously. They're excellent. Christopher Jones is a comic artist best known for his work on Young Justice, Batman 66, and various titles for DC Comics. Christopher has just completed a sci-fi fantasy graphic novel entitled, also known as, with author Tony Lee, and is currently drawing a Doctor Who miniseries for Titan Comics. His Doctor Who artwork is gorgeous. I have some of his stuff hanging on my walls and it's beautiful stuff. So if you haven't seen him, go check out his table. It's definitely worth seeing. Yeah. 
Frank Eppolito has worked on notable films like Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, and has appeared as a two-time competitor on Sci-Fi's hit TV show, Face Off. Frank co-hosts an industry podcast called Creature Geek and is a regular contributor to Untested.com. One of the most notable dark wave bands internationally, the Crux Shadows motto is Live, Love, Be, Believe. And it serves as a reminder that while the Crux Shadows may write catchy songs, the band has depth that extends beyond the dance floor. I don't think I can imagine a Dragon Con without them. I know, right? <laughs> I think they've always been there. Them and Voltaire. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, it just wouldn't be Dragon Con without them. Agreed. Bob Burden is Atlanta's own all-star award-winning comic book and he is famous for creating the world's first surrealist superhero, the Flaming Carrot. He also created Mystery Men, which became a big-budget movie for Universal Studios, and for his work on the beloved Gumby comics. Robert Axelrod is best known as the voice of Lord Zed and Finster on Power Rangers, but he also voiced Amadillomon and Wizardmon on Digimon. Microchip, the Punisher's sidekick on Spider-Man, Rico on Robotech, and has voiced countless anime features including Akira, The Big O, Cowboy Bebop, Brain Scratch, and many more. John C. Snyder is the co-host with David Driscoll of the American Free Thought Podcast, which focuses on issues relating to secular culture, separation of church and state, science versus religion, and the influence of organized religion on public policy. He also blogs at AmericanFreeThought.com. Emily Schubert draws from mythology, folktales, memories, and personal experience to create characters, puppets, and multimedia performances that aim to make some sense of our existence by giving form to our collective fears and desires. Emily has studied and participated in ritual theater and contemporary puppetry in Indonesia, as well as political puppet theater with bread and puppet and processional events in the United States. Puppeteer master Tim Legacy who most recently worked on ABC's The Muppets and starred as Crash in Disney's XD's Crash and Bernstein, has been entertaining audiences with his unusual skill set for over 25 years. A Sesame Street alum, Laxey designs, builds, and performs all forms of puppetry, as well as directing and editing single and multi-camera television shows, usually with puppets in them. His creations of a series of short puppet films for the award-winning PBS children's series Between the Lions gained him three daytime Emmy nominations. And, folks, that is it. Yay! For now. For now. Dun, dun, dun. They, I think they need to definitely add more. Well, they will be. Uh, There's two months left to go, and they still will uh, – yeah, they will be adding some, so – uh, definitely, no and some doubt. people will have to cancel too. So True. it's always always in motion is the guest list for Dragon Con. So, well, thank you both. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, I know it's a, an exercise in with the with the tongue. You know, trying to <laughs> to get the the names all there. So good job. Thank you. <sighs> and now it's time for the main topic. Uh, this is a uh, a topic that um, well, look, uh, as far as Dragon Con is concerned, I've been going there for over twenty years. And one of the reasons why this convention is so special to me is because, um, you know, it, it, it makes me personally, um, feel comfortable around quote unquote my people. I feel actually like home, uh, as far as a, a geek or a nerd or, uh, an avid fan or fanboy, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, I definitely, uh, feel, I, I've always felt very welcome at Dragon Con. And I think Dragon Con being a, 
a show that's run by fans, uh, quote unquote, um, and it is it has that uh, that feel to it. it there's a lot less uh, corporate involvement, um, and uh, you know there's a lot more of inclusion. Uh, I think just by the very nature of what it is. However, um, uh, you know, and 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 it's got the moniker, right? Uh, whether it's uh, nerd Mardi Gras or nerdy Gras or uh, geek prom or or uh, the saying, you know, Dragon Con is where the freaks get geeky and the geeks get freaky. Um, it, it seems to be something like a, a, a place where everybody is welcome to be whoever they want to be. Um, but uh, I've seen some discussions uh, on the DragonCon official board um, uh, about uh, diversity and inclusion in, in DragonCon. Uh, and uh, that uh, discussion, you know, uh, was very interesting. Some of it was kind of ugly, uh, unfortunately. But um, and especially with some of the things that, of course, have happened recently, I, I think it's an important topic uh, for us to cover as far as, you know, um, how far it's how far Dragon Con has come uh, in the you know this will be the 30th anniversary of it and and you know things that it's still you know ways it still needs to go so um uh so as far as your personal experience with uh diversity inclusion uh your feelings about it um as far as Dragon Con goes um and Nikki what what are your thoughts on that well it's kind of like what you said that it's it's definitely it's like a homecoming, you know, every year you walk in and you see your friends and they do become like family. So for me, I've not ever felt anything that has been anything but acceptance and love and welcoming. Um, so it's, it's always been fantastic for me. It's always been something that I look forward to, um, you know, growing up, being a geek, being a female, and being a geek in the 70s and 80s was very challenging. Um, and being able to find, quote unquote, my people at Dragon Con has been fantastic for me. Um, I'm not the girliest girl. Uh, and, you know, I, I can go in and not feel weird about the fact that I wear an Iron Man t-shirt and combat boots to Dragon Con. You know, nobody ever looks at me like, well, you know, you don't fit the, the, the typical role of, of what a, a female should be. Um, so for me personally, it's always been fantastic. It's Everybody has always been very welcoming and accepting. Um, and, you know, I, I love it. And I don't like that there's any sort of hard feelings that people may have. So I'm open to ideas on how we can continue to evolve as a microcosm in the geek community um, and help bring more people in. So for me, I've not had any issues, but I'm definitely willing to talk about any issues that people have had and do what I can to help people feel more comfortable and more at ease at the show. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, Dakoma, what about you? Uh, well, you know, I've only been going to Dragon Con for the last three years or so. I've attended a lot of conventions in that time um, since Dragon Con and in conjunction to Dragon Con. And it was very much, and I took my, the first time I went, I took my, um, at the time, my husband and my youngest sister, who was, I think she was 16 at the time. Um, and when she and I first went down an escalator 
on like day one. It was Friday, I think, at uh, sometime in the afternoon. We were over in the Hilton, I think, and we were going down an escalator. And it was just her and I. My husband was down uh, in the gaming room. And she and I both just kind of looked at each other and we were just like, these are my people. I'm I'm home. I've never been here before. But it, it while we were sitting there on that escalator, she completely had – she was confessing to me that she had this whole idea in that ex- exact moment of how she would just like run away and, and join Dragon Con forever <laughs> because it was the place where she felt the most accepted. And I – you know, I'm I'm an intro extrovert. I can fit anywhere if I need to, but for me to be able to sit there and watch her go through this kind of overwhelming emotional experience, she didn't obviously like break down in tears or anything, but you could see the waves of emotion that were going on underneath the surface with her was really, really neat. Um, she's never been somebody who's been outgoing or outspoken or really had a place where she fit. And she fit there. And that was awesome. So my experiences have kind of been paralleled with hers because I do kind of make it a family thing when I go. Um, And I haven't had any bad experiences personally. Gotcha. Well, and and I have to say, too, I mean, you know, um, I I haven't either. um, uh, But then again, I mean, I am – you know, I am a, uh, a straight, white, middle-aged man. So, you know, it's like that demographic, although it, you know, s- stuff happens from time to time, is not usually, you know, a, a, a group that has any right to complain about being excluded. So, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, as far as, and I have noticed over the years, as it's gotten bigger, you know, compared to what it was 20 years ago, as Dragon Con's bigger, it there are a uh, a lot more variety of of folks, mm-hmm. um, and so that has been enc- encouraging. And I know Darren, you've been going for a long time as well, and 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 I'm really curious to hear your experiences as well. Well, my my experiences are that of a a guy who can quote unquote pass in straight culture as straight, and then lets people know he's gay when it is appropriate and or safe um and that that's the same rule i have anywhere not just dragon con so don't think that's dragon con specific um if you if you're if you're other in our society it can be exhausting and there there's different types of other i mean there's obvious other and usually that breaks down to ethnicity and gender presentation um if you're a man or a woman or if you are white african-american asian what have you um we I think it's important to remember that DragonCon is one big group. They, we're all geeks. We're all under the same tent that way. But even within that tent, there are different factions in that tent. There's everyone who does steampunk. There's everyone who does Star Trek. There's everyone who does Star Wars. You know, it's and everyone looks rather homogenous. It is within like the recent years where we've seen a much larger uptick in in the ethnic. Um, Anyone who's not white coming into Dragon Con, and I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the more we're homogenous as a people, as geeks, the less we learn from each other because we all pretty much come from the same place. We have the same roughly experience. Um, speaking as an LGBT person, um, it's difficult to be around all those people because I can tell you from being online and 
dealing with other fans from other places and such. Not everyone's open-minded about that particular thing. Um, and you might run up against someone who is going to be particularly nasty or just walk off and not say another word to you. I've had that happen to me several times at Dragon Con, um, where they discover I'm gay and then, oh, well, later. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. You're like, well, okay. You know, it wasn't like I'm hitting on you. It's just I'm informing you of something. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a difference there. Um, I think, you know, Dragon Con also has a, a really heavy party element. There's a lot of drinking and alcohol. Um, we've, we've gone over that many times on the show. There are people who go to Dragon Con who are, who are recovering alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and they have to seek out their own tribe for support because the temptation has got to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. That's why um, at the shows they have the Bill W. meetings. The Bill W. meetings is, is basically AA. And um, I... I think it's important in many instances where your behavior or your your life may not agree with everyone around you. It's important to be able to seek out your tribe within the tribe, if you know what I mean. Um, not to exclude anyone. I mean, the Spectrum Party, straight people are welcome to come. You know, we've yeah. never we've never checked everyone's sexual orientation at the door. I don't know how we would do that. I'm sure that person would be very busy. But um, you know, but they would but, have a smile on their face. Yeah, but exactly. But it's understood. Kind of, if you walk in here, then you're okay. You're 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 lesbian, gay, bi, trans, um, intersexed, or an ally. You know, and you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna be a problem or anything. I was dancing one night with a mixed group of guys, straight and gay. Um, one night on the dance floor at a rave, and this other guy walked up and said, dude, you guys are all dancing together. And this was like three years ago. And we're like, yeah, so? And I think the fact that we presented it like, yeah, and? You know, his his accusation was one of, dude, that's gross. You know? But once he figured out that we didn't give a rat's ass about his opinion, mm-hmm. it kind of deflated him, you know, and he walked away. <laughs> um so yeah, it happens that not everyone is as welcoming and opening, uh, has an open mind, whether that's because of society or religion or whatever. You know, it's probably individual to the person. Um, and I'm sure there are people who come to Dragon Con who are racist. You know, uh, just the odds. There are a hundred thousand people at Dragon Con. There's got to be a few who are like, oh no, not those people. Um, or have anti-religion feelings one way or the other. Um, I, I think it's important to remember that we're all geeks and we're all under the same tent, and that's that's what makes Dragon Con the family that it is. But we also need to respect each other's differences and not treat each other in such a way that because they're different, well, you're a geek, so you should need to have this different place for you. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And I was kind of going to segue into that. Uh, If you read the document that Mike Gordon sent out. Yeah, and I I did too right before the cast. That kind of leads me into the point that one of the other commenters had made about – like most people are all, we're all under the same geek umbrella, blah, 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 blah. And then you made the comment of, well, everybody should be able to find their tribe within their tribe. And this one particular commenter was talking about whether or not we should have more – events and more tracks and more official and unofficial events that kind of um, ex- not necessarily 
exclude or include, but are kind of highlighting those different things, those different communities. And at what point do you break those down and what qualifies and what doesn't qualify? And at what point are you excluding or making something so that people feel that, like, like you said, nobody's ever going to turn you away, but at the same time, why do you have to name it? Yeah. And well, the reason why I think you have to name it is to let everyone know that it's there for them. Yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, I mean that, that's, I was just wondering you know, how you felt about whether or not there should be more events and things that are diversity oriented. I, I don't know if we need more. I think mm-hmm. we need something. Mm-hmm. I, I think if it went all weekend without any any type of well, I mean, there are quite a few already. Yes, yes there are. I, I, I guess I'm as really Con proud of DragonCon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, as sure. as Dragon Con gets bigger and more people mm-hmm. come every year, you mm-hmm. might see the need for, you know, a party on Friday night, yeah, or or something else. But the problem is space is so limited. Agreed. So so you have to kind of okay. This is the this is the night of the LGBT party. That's what I'm going to mm-hmm. that night, and you you kind of stake out that time. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where you have to kind of just. Accepted because we're all at the whims of Dragon. Oh yeah, they could cancel a party tomorrow. You yeah. know, and, the day and, of an hour. The day of, <laughs> and, and you would have no recourse about it yeah. whatsoever, except to cry. That's <laughs> like, what yeah. do you do? You know. And- I mean, I I personally, when I look at the list of events and tracks and talks and things that are going on at Dragon Con, I see a very large list of broad diversity things that are going on support groups unofficial and official things and i i really like that that brings a sense of pride to me compared to a lot of other conventions not saying that there isn't room for improvement i mean I, it's just it baffles me that that it goes on that there isn't those kinds of things that go on at other conventions well it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't baffle me at all because um I think if you want representation, you have to fight for it. Do you think uh, that part of the reason why Dragon Con has um, such a diverse group of people that attend and diverse talks and events and things, do you think part of that has to do with the fact that it really did start as a fan-started convention? I think so. I mean, it's it's not corporate. I mean, no. Dragon Con Inc., but it's not, you know, it's not like they have multiple conventions across the country this is all they do as far as i know Mm -hmm. um i I think you have to have the will of the fans behind you and when Mm -hmm. you have enough fans saying hey why don't we do why is there no you know blah 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 after you get so many people saying that to you you have to kind of respond one way or the other Mm -hmm. Um, or else it's just going to keep on it's going to be this nagging cough at you all the time hey come on just give give them a panel you know, um, yeah. and that's fine. Throw throw someone a bone. That's fine. If people attend and it's popular, mm-hmm. then you can certainly give them more space in the next year. I don't think there's a problem testing something out. Which um, brings which is, us to the point of uh, the if they show up, then of course give them more space next year. Which brings us to the point that we were talking about um, when we weren't on air about yeah. the BDSM and of course the LGBT stuff that was going on. That everything was going on all at the same time. Okay. Um, it was all after you know ten o'clock at night, and I understand. Yeah. I understand you don't want kids necessarily exposed to certain things. I mean, I've got a I've got a young nephew who 
you know, he came over for Christmas. I took down the naughty superhero posters because it's <laughs> not appropriate for a ten-year-old. I mean, what do you mean? I, I, I mean, it's not appropriate. I mean, there, there are certain things, and yeah, that that yeah. phrase came out of my mouth. Um, there's a time and a place, you yeah. know, and. Now I would like to not to cut you off, but I would like huh. to see um I would like to see more LGBT things that were done during the day. Um simply because it's becoming I don't want to say becoming so prevalent like it's some plague upon the the land because <laughs> that's just not the case. But the thing is is it's being identified at a much earlier age and a lot of times parents and even the kids themselves don't really know how to deal with it. Yet alone if you're a geek on top of that. I mean, you already feel segregated even if there is the whole geek chic thing that's going on. You still don't necessarily feel like you fit in. Yeah, you've got some cool pop figures and you play a lot of video games, but there's always something a little a little off. But and, to and have there something will be. There always yeah. will be. I, I <sighs> Dragon Con's in the business to make money. I mean, honestly, Um, they're not in the business to be guidance counselors, be guidance counselors or to help (laughs) pull out of their personal problems. Uh, But if somebody offers that, I mean, I think that would I think that would be a great thing to be. I I think what I think what my problem with all the all the more LGBT is not necessarily about sex. No. And I think that's that's where the wires get crossed. No, it's about identity. It's about identity. So you can have a conversation about LGBT characters like Willow and Tara and not even mention sex for an hour. But Mm -hmm. it's gotten so censored. I don't know why necessarily a conversation during the day is a frightening thing, but apparently it is. So, okay. But um, that sends a message, a subliminal message. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the panels are pretty good about incorporating, mm-hmm. and they are the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the characters as a whole. You know, every part of the character, whether it be you know their sexual orientation, their their uh, nationality, their background, their heritage, whatever. Yeah, whatever uh, makes them other. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and they and the panels are good about bringing that up. And uh, you know, the panels that that I've been to, I've not seen anybody try to shy away and say, well, guys, it's, it's only four o'clock in the afternoon. We can't talk about that. Can't talk about this. So that's good. But I do see that, you know, maybe, maybe like a a specific track saying, Hey, these are, these are the things that we're going to talk about in this particular track. You know, we're going to talk about the characters in comics. We're going to talk about the characters in, in movies and TV shows Things like that. That would be really. I, mean, cool. I, I could honestly see a diversity track. I really yeah, could. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Now, where we where we talk about why why Star Trek has not had a gay character yet. Yeah. Or or why an there aren't more character. an openly gay character, or why there aren't more African American superhero characters, or mm-hmm. why why is um why are Asian girls you know portrayed in media as being ultra hot and Asian men are not? Yeah. You know, oh, there I, are there, plenty of there are, guys. Just saying. well, exactly. There are tons <laughs> of hot Asian dudes. You know, I'll be the first to say that. You know, but that that could be a whole track in of itself. Yeah, that's. True. And, but and do I, you feel that, that maybe that would spark controversy? I, I think it would, but I think. But the, the, the controversy is what brings change. Exactly. Right. No. Listen, I'm I'm not against it because. Oh no, no, no I know. As somebody, you know, as a as a woman who's half Mexican, 
I'm sick to death of seeing that any Hispanic women that are in the media are like, oh, she's either the maid or she's a car thief or she's, you know, some strong drug dealer dude's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I would would love to see some diversity. Yeah, it's the same thing for gay men. You're the sissy. Right, yeah. Or there's the long-suffering straight girl's best friend and you don't have a sex life. Or you're the AIDS patient. And that's it. Those are your three things. If if you're a gay man in media, that's what happens. That's it. And I, I think it's interesting to see people who are in the norm, who are the majority, go into an area where they're not used to having to be non-norm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think I think it's interesting to have that experiment because if if you're a white guy who has always been white and you're straight, you're married with 2.5 kids, you hit all the normal demographics for the marketers and you're suddenly thrust into living in a poor mostly ethnic area or suddenly a a gay gentrified area of town without your peers around you. That's kind of a role reversal there, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone really understands what it means to be other until you actually live through being the other. Yeah, yeah. You I have think to that's... actually walk in those shoes to understand what it means, and that's difficult for someone who is the norm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a fact. Yeah. You know, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, uh, the comment mentioned something. Uh, you know, talking about. You know, uh, the history of Dragon Con and how, you know, because it was fan oriented, has it always been, you know, inclusive? And I do think, okay, this is going to, this surprises even me that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give someone who I don't normally give props to props. Um, uh, but I think right from the very beginning, knowing that the Trek track was won by uh, a, a gay person who was very uh, open about it, um, was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did ask, I mean, you know, that question about, uh, gay characters in Star Trek was asked almost yeah. at every panel. Um, I, I was on the, that panel. Yeah. I was uh, on and, and, here. and, yeah. you know, for whatever, you know, and obviously, uh, that, um, uh, relationship with Dragon Con didn't last, you know, until, I mean, it's not current. And I think, uh, you know, they went their separate ways, but, but still, um, that, that presence and, and, and having someone like that uh, be in charge of the Star Trek track, which at the time, Star Trek was one of the biggest fandoms uh, for the first 10 years that I went to Dragon Con. That was one of the biggest fandoms that they, they had, uh, mm-hmm. a group. So uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, I'm also impressed, um, and you mentioned the document, and for those people who are kind of confused, like, what document are they what showing? What document? The secret um, document, of course. Yeah, um, I... I, I I looked at the Dragon Con official site and our good friend Dan Carroll had started a discussion about inclusion and I, I, I it was huge and I um I think it's twenty one pages or so but of comments and whatnot. But I, I, I printed it out and, and sent it to everybody so that we'd have uh some some meat to talk about as far as this topic goes. And the one thing I liked about the discussion that people were bringing up things like and even though it wasn't official People were bringing up things like the uh, the the Dragon Con anxiety group. Oh the, yeah, that was really DC, cool. The DC mm-hmm. over forty, uh, the DC poly group. Uh, of course, the newbies, um, the uh, the internet elders, the disability, and, and the safe yeah. zone. Uh, the Dragon Con singles group, 
And, uh, of course, we'll be talking with her later, but uh, dropped by Dragon Con, which also does uh, great things, not only to lose weight, but as far as self-esteem and, and, and okay. giving people a, a group to talk to, uh, to be around that has, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, personal issues as well. So, I mean, that's, oh. I mean, groups like, there's many groups like that. And there's a, a lot of, um, in that discussion too, a lot of religious and spiritual groups uh, meet up uh, unofficially at Dragon Con as well. One of the things that I, um, I noticed when I was reading through those 21 pages was there were a lot of people, there are some really neat groups like the Anxiety Group and of course the, you know, uh, Bill W. Group and other different support and help groups and tribes for people to find. But I think um, what I noticed was that a lot of people were saying that they had never heard of them, that they'd been going to Dragon Con for years and they'd never seen any of them. They couldn't find them anywhere. And I wonder if, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the app's fault because the app is whatever the app can be that year. <laughs> but um, maybe uh, maybe a way of restructuring how the website or the secondary website, since there are like four. Well, a lot of, a lot of the groups <laughs> that they mentioned are unofficial. Well, yeah, right, but the right, thing yeah, is, is they do have pages on one of the DragonCon official pages that has a whole unofficial section. Oh, okay. Um, and that's where I found out about a couple of them. It, it's expensive. <laughs> there you go, see. Um, but maybe, maybe kind of highlighting them a little better would give people a better opportunity to find their tribe. I, I have no problem with if you're a white dude and you want to seek out other white dudes who are into shooting pool and drinking beer on Friday night and watching college football Saturday morning, go for it. You know, go for it. If if the odd Hispanic dude walks up into that club, you should invite him in too. Yeah. You know, right. that's the whole point of being geeks under the whole tribe and being of one accord. We're all geeks first and foremost. We have different things that make us tick, but we're all still geeks. And when things start getting nasty and when things – this person doesn't have to be part of the club, the specific club. Mm-hmm. Like the LGBT club, you can be straight and show up. Just don't be an asshole. That's all we ask, and that's such a that's such a low bar, really. <laughs> you think about it. Um, it's such a low bar, but yet, but yet, there's a pun in there. But I'm not going to take there, it. There's a pun. There's some tweaking that might occur. You know, I didn't get goose, but I did take a gander. Anyway, so but, um, I, I think the important thing is it's okay to have these different groups under the big geek tent if that's not your group that's okay too yeah there's no reason why somebody shouldn't feel that they can't have a space where they can or time where they can celebrate doesn't mean that it has to take up the entire weekend unless they want it to and it can be in their room or a hallway or wherever and we know that happens we know you (laughs) oh yeah So, um, so I'm hearing, um, uh, I think it was, uh, Nikki that said, uh, it would be good to have, or maybe something like a, a, a track devoted to, uh, diversity. Um, a, a, and then, um, also, uh, I think I'm, 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 I've heard from Tacoma that, um, it would be nice to have, you know, these groups that we mentioned, uh, a little bit more visible or easier to find because, like you, I mean, I've been going there twenty some years, and I hadn't heard of some of those groups before. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's hard because DragonCon is really big, and mm-hmm. you know, it seems like I'm always, uh, you know, every time we record one of these, I'm learning something new about this event that I love. So, so that you know, obviously, anything else, and I know that um, from past experiences, 
um, uh, in fact, right on uh, uh, Earth Station One recording that we did at Dragon Con, uh, our good friends, uh, the Vigays, were upset that uh, accessibility was not uh, – handicap accessibility was not really as, as, uh, as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm hoping that there's been improvements to that regard because that was a few years ago. But um, so any other um, as we're getting ready to wrap this up, any other ways that you guys can think of that uh, would be improvements as far as, uh, you know, Dragon Con going f- in into the future? Hmm. Um, improvements. Wow. I, I, I think it just depends upon what the fans want. Yeah, I, I think the fans have to speak up and say what they want. And I think that then Dragon Con has to consider how how large that voice is and do they respond or not. Yeah. Catering uh, to a bigger audience. Yeah. Uh, but again, limited space, limited time. So how do you balance all that? Right. Um, I mean, we've mentioned how certain of the adult programs are, are you know, at least the, uh, on the official panels are being cut. Um, and certainly we, we hope that that's not um, a, a trend. Uh, that that Dragon Con isn't getting more of a corporate mentality, um, but also by the same token, um, uh, there the the always uh, nearly offensive uh, game show that our good friend Phantom Troublemaker <laughs> puts on the Dirty Dirty Con Con game show this year is going to be in a ballroom. Uh, ooh, so uh, they're expanding that out. Fancy. So oh, uh, and, and we do know that the like I think the puppet show, which is kind of more geared towards adults, is a big event that happens with a, in a ballroom as well. So there are like adult entertainment type things happening. I, I think DragonCon's trying to balance the whole family friendly, and then the the adult oriented party that DragonCon is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a difficult balance to do. I, I think that should just be done on the ticket itself. Hey, some of these events are PG, some of them are PG thirteen, some of them are G, and some of them are not appropriate for kids at exactly. all. Exactly. Put a disclaimer yeah. on the back. Put of a the disclaimer pass. on it. We, and we put it on our movies and our video games. Yeah, we can put it on a door. It, it exactly. Can be on a door. <laughs> this panel is rated, and God help you if you're John Barrowman. Uh, <laughs> but. But people can self-police, and I think it's up to the parents to decide what their kids are able to experience versus not. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to say, no, 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 the, the, no, just no. But that's, that think, should be really rare. Yeah. Um, I think if the mom and dad are there and the kids are there, then mom and dad can make a decision based upon that, that child's individual development. Because mm-hmm. you can't say 12 and up because not every 12-year-old is ready for – Let's say uh, a chat with Tom Savini because or <laughs> right. might freak a 12 year old kid who's really sensitive out. Yeah. You know, oh, it could probably scare a 50 year old. Yeah. That has nothing to do with sex. That's just a, a, a topic that, Ooh, ow, how'd they get that knife all the way back into his throat? Um, you know, that's neat. No icky. Um, but dragon con is, I, in my opinion, as an outsider looking in on it is trying to be both, trying to help both groups out in a way but sometimes it comes off really tone deaf to what people want yeah i guess and the bdsm panels that i went to were always standing room only mm-hmm. well so, and they even had limitations on what they were because one of yeah, the things that was they, done in the document the was door. you couldn't do demos at all do demos and and also they carded you at the door again yeah 
Mm-hmm. So you had to have your ID to get into the panel. Yeah. So I'm like, are we going into video booths here? What's going on? It's just a <laughs> And then you get in and you can't even have a demo. I mean, you're just being carded because you have to be carded. So but. everyone everyone who is interested in BDSM play, Tacoma and I will be in the main lobby. <laughs> uh, I, and I am uh, also I, part of – and I'm totally going <laughs> to – I'm totally going to drop this. I am also part of the uh, DragonCon, uh, the Facebook, gr- uh, book, Facebook group on DragonCon, the DragonCon Not Vanilla group. So if you are looking for BDSM stuff or want to know about the meetups or want to just talk with like-minded people about geek stuff or about some other geek stuff, then um, find us on Facebook and ask to join. You do have to be approved, but um, but we will probably approve you. <laughs> There's probably. also, also <laughs> Yeah, there, yeah. There's life, also I mean. Frolicon, which is well, going to yeah. go back to Easter weekend. So if you're interested Woo-hoo! in that, look up frolicon.com, put it on your calendar for next year, and attend. And there's also, also a new one um, was that, that the is Southern... the, the Dark Ages. Oh, yes. Good yeah. yeah, the Georgia Dark Ages Festival. It's, it's a... Isn't that every time the legislature's in session? <laughs> but, um... <laughs> It's a um, fetish-themed renaissance festival for adults, basically. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> it's very, very niche. Yeah. <laughs> to quote Margaret Cho, there's this really weird thing. There's this really weird connection between Star Trek, the leather community, and the <laughs> renaissance fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you hear all the time the uh, Star Trek battle music coming from those rooms. Kirk's getting himself a Gorn again. <laughs> and, and, and getting it back to Dragon Con, uh, I definitely encourage people. I mean, there's a lot of diversity discussions within the individual tracks. I know that the, the comics uh, and pop art tracks usually do a uh, women in comics and diversity in comics panel, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of the writer tracks do. Um, and I know that exists in others as well. Some of the photo shoots uh, um, are uh, more inclusive or are themed um, for certain groups. So I definitely encourage people to uh, look at all that stuff. Um, there's plenty of information online. And as far as panels goes and that kind of thing, I mean, even though there might not be a like a diversity track per se, uh, yes. a lot of the track directors are open to ideas of any of anything that you want to talk about. So if there's an idea that you have out there for a particular discussion that would be interesting in a track, um, it might be too late for this year, but talk to them because they are definitely open-minded. The ones that we know are definitely all about discussions like that. So, um, well, uh, thanks everybody. I, th- I think that was, and we kept it civil. My God, it's not, you know, well, you know why? Because we're not on the internet. Well, well, we, we are technically internet, are. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, but I think it's civil because we're all pro diversity. Yeah. That's true. Now, it's unfortunately the person who's out there going, Open no, everyone should think what I think, and everyone who doesn't is evil. You know, and it's like, really? Why? Calm down. You're going to give yourself like you, a heart attack. You want Just, a cookie? Have a, have a cookie. I, I can tell you exactly how much people's opinions like that affect me, and it's none. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, not. you know, and I, 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 you know, I try to be as open-minded as anybody, but I am really stunned uh, uh, sometimes when I find out that people who are into science fiction, particularly Star Trek, 
uh, are are more conservative minded because I'm like, do you right? watch the show? Like, it, I know it doesn't like, promote that sort of thing, but yet the, they I've, find I've something been, else. Uh, I've been dressed down by anti gay people wearing Superman shirts before. What? That's odd. That's so odd. yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, everybody. And uh, kind of continuing on this same kind of note, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Michelle Biddick Simmons about um, uh, about some uh, security concerns, as well as uh, a little bit more uh, talk about uh, diversity. And joining us once again, we have with us Michelle uh, Michelle Biddick Simmons. Welcome back to the station. Hello. And uh, and so, what's on your mind this month? Um. I want to get into, we discussed some of this last uh, time, Mike and I, Mike Faber and I, um, safety and, and your sexuality because taking care of your, your health means all aspects of your health and one of those aspects is safety. When you're at any big event, you're at a con, you're out dancing with friends, whatever it is, you're at a party, whatever it is, it's, your safety is very important. And this, let me tell you, we've had a few incidents recently that we've heard of uh, through friends where people have been roofied. Um, and we did have the thing last year where the girl that was tipsy was taken away by a guy, and thank God someone got her away from this guy. Um, but when you are at an event, um, you know, if you're out dancing, etc., one, stay hydrated so you don't end up having a problem when you drink because if you drink water and you're hydrated and you're also doing the alcohol thing, you're not going to have it hit you as much and sometimes when it does hit you, it can disorient you, and that's often what happens is you wander off, et cetera, and that's, A, not good for you, and B, can put you in a really bad position. But when you are out, you don't necessarily, like there's that fingernail polish now that you can put in your drink to check and see if you've been roofied, which is, a, isn't it horrible that we're in a world that we have to have that? But um, when, you have, when you're out with your friends, make sure you keep an eye on your drink, number one, or someone does. Two, don't drink from a bottle that someone hands you. I've been, <laughs> I've had to say no to so many people at DragonCon over the years because if I don't know you well, I'm not drinking out of your bottle that you're carrying around or your leather flask or whatever it is. Um, and even if you do know this, the person well, I would still be careful because the women that just saved the woman from getting roofied, when they went in, the one woman went in and spoke with her and told her that this man had put stuff in her drink, she actually said that he's one of my best friends. And he can be one of your best friends or she can be one of your best friends, but you don't really know the person or the agenda they have. So don't trust when someone tries to get you to drink from something like that. I mean, we can't guarantee that something bad won't happen, but at least you can cover yourself to an extent. Um, I say this, when you're out with your friends, have like beforehand, have the talk. You're doing a wilderness walk is what I always say. You know, it's like, Keep an eye on each other because if you're out walking in the woods, you're not going to lose each other. So in a big crowd, always try to stay where you can see each other and you can get back to each other if somebody needs you and do that anyway. Um, but another thing with that is I'm, I'm in a group of women that we came up with. Um, I won't tell you what the word is, but we came up with a couple of plans on this because women can get women out of, out of issues before – um, guys can because the guys can escalate it, etc. And there's an easy way for a woman if they see another female in distress, just go up and even if the chick is drunk, just say, "Oh, you know, I have to go to the bathroom. Come with me. Use the bathroom ploy. Girls go to the bathroom together. Often that's a ploy to get you away. 
and that actually can get people out of situations. And if the person that she's with does not want her leaving, but you're with other people there, jokingly, and it sounds so pitiful that you can do this, jokingly, you know, oh, but I'm a girl, you know, play that card, and you can get her away. If he escalates it or they escalate it, as long as there are other people around, then you let them know that there's an issue. But when you first go up to her, unless she's totally trashed, just ask her quietly, so to Voce, a little whisper, are you okay? Because quite often, A, if she's drunk, she's not going to be able to tell you, but B, if she ha- is in a situation where she's scared, you can get her out of there. Um, we have this group of women and I have this password that if there's an issue, if you work that word into a sentence, it's asking you if you're okay or letting you know there's something wrong. And we can get you out of there as quickly as possible before we let the guys know that there's a problem. Um, and it does work and it has worked. This also helps um, because not it's not always women that are victims of this. There are guys that have been roofied. Um, my, my husband was not roofied, but we have a story a couple of years ago at DragonCon. Some friends of ours and my husband were out drinking at Pulse and I was off doing other stuff. And every once in a while I'd go and check on them because I knew there were guys and they could take care of themselves. But at one point I showed up and I'm just watching them with this guy and they have no idea he's coming on to them. And it was so funny. And I finally said, you know, he's trying to get you up to his room because he's coming on to you. And my husband's like, no, 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 no. And the two guys, no, 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 no. Well, um, what ended up happening was he came on way too strong to one of them and ended up grabbing his junk, as it were. And this guy was a Marine, our friend. And he, they were very drunk. He just grabbed him on the throat and backed him down. And they left him there, but it was like, if the, and the bartender, and we're now buddies with that bartender because of the whole thing. But it was a he was trying to get something that they did not know he wanted. So it does happen to men. And he was really plying with the drinks too, which was, you know, I was like, you guys have no idea because women, we notice it right away. Um, But so it can happen to guys too. And if a guy needs it, you can go over and get them out of a situation too. And you can tell when a guy is, is in something that he needs to be gotten out of. Um, Do you guys have any questions on that yet? No questions, but um, I do have to commend you uh, for, you know, not only uh, mentioning this uh, because it is, I think, a valuable tool for folks and a reminder. Uh, just sometimes you just use your head. Um, uh, but also, um, you know, to to go through the have the forethought to to have you know, uh, codes in place or a system in place or something like that, just because it, it shows that, you know, obviously this is something that you really care about. I, I do. But let me tell you, we've had, we've gotten, okay, there are a few other things. One, if there is someone that is drunk, particularly a female, and you're trying to get her back to the room, never go by yourself, particularly if you're a guy. Always bring another female or two with you. Because, um, sadly, there are scenarios where something happens and the girl cries rape, etc. And, and trust me, I am not in any way, shape, or form, you know, bashing this um, or bashing someone for saying that they were raped. But what I'm saying is we have come up with this years ago that we, we saw a girl walking on the side of the road. And we stopped and a friend of ours who was in the car in front stopped and he picked her up. We followed because Paul and I were in a car behind her. Um, we got her back to her house, got her in um, to her house, made sure everything was okay. Her roommate came home, and she did make a comment about the guy, about our friend. 
And so we covered his butt because we know nothing happened. The three of us are the ones that got her in the house and got everything squared away. And it was, she was drunk because she was mad at her boyfriend and she had done some, I think she had done ecstasy and then ended up blaming this guy for something that didn't happen. Um, and no, I'm not, I don't bash people, but I'm just letting you know, always cover your butt, always cover your butt. The same with, if you are out with a group of friends, um, and I totally lost my train of thought because it's one of those days. Oh, if you're out with a group of friends, you always have a designated driver. So if you're at a con or a big event, don't make the same person always be the designated driver, but always have someone, even at the con and event, who's going to be the designated non-drinker who's going to help keep an eye on people and corral you. So if you're there for four nights or three nights, switch out and let people take a break. You know, you don't drink every night, and if you do, you need to make sure you have really good people that are your backup. But having someone who is sober and who can watch, and, and let me tell you, when there's intention to actually get someone, you can tell. There's, there's kind of a vibe in the air when, when people are trying to get someone that they are going to sexually abuse. It just happens. Um, and I'm going to say this, and I think I actually said this to Mike Faber last time, privately beforehand there have been a lot of things that have come out about like the guy at dc and other things and in different uh writing groups or or genres um where men have now been it's been told finally where people are opening up and talking about the fact that there are some people that are victimizers and women know we tell each other and let me tell you, I knew some of the stuff that had been going on years ago because I know a lot of the women that were involved in this particular thing. And it was all pushed under the rug, swept under the rug. And now stuff is finally coming out about it. But if a group, when the female or whomever it is, goes to the people in charge and it's something is not done about that person because that person has influence, brings in money, whatever. One, that's disgusting. Two, Women tell each other things, and we know who to stay away from, who to stay away from if he's drunk. Never get in the elevator with this guy. Don't let this guy get near you. Keep this guy away from your drink. I know people in, like, certain genres and stuff. We, Paul and I were on a panel. Um, well, not on a panel. We were sitting in the audience watching a panel, and we saw, we knew, like, and I leaned over to Paul, and I'm like, that's one of the guys, and we saw what he did the entire time, the way he was talking to certain women and he would take the mics away from them and the guy that was in charge of the panel kept putting the mic back and he kept taking it away and all this and he was one of the guys so you need to if you know about these people one if they're not if the groups are not doing anything to take care of you you need to just make sure you cover other females and it's like until people step up and actually decide to change things we have to cover each other and we are our best safety nets. And we also are in charge of our own sexuality. And if, if there's no way, if we're going to be a victim, by God, set yourself up to fight. Make sure you're going to be out there and you know what's going on and you can take care of yourself. Have your, in your top, have your room key, have $20, have your phone, have a backup, whatever you need. And make sure that you stay in contact with your friends. If you're going off with someone, you make sure they know where you are. They've met the guy. They've like somehow, you know, talked to friends of his, et cetera. Take care of each other. And this is guys and girls because guys can be raped. Horrible things can happen to guys as well. We don't think it all the time, but it does happen. Oh, very much so. 
It happens more often than you even think. Oh, I know. I and, do know. I know. But, you know, just be smart about it and hang with your friends and, you know, they're going to look out for you. You might all get drunk together, but you're all looking out for each other. Each other. Because you can get drunk and lean on each other and be fine. Um, okay. And then there's something else that I had already mentioned privately. But um, I had been told through friends. I have a lot of friends in, in the kink world and the kink panels and stuff because I have friends in every group. That see, Dragon Con is the first for a lot of people, and it's a safe place for a lot of people. And it's a gateway drug. It's a gateway <laughs> drug. It's a gateway drug to your life. Exactly. And so um, we, you know, during the day there's family friendly stuff, etc. And at night there's some, but at a certain time at night it is very adult. And a, I'm glad it's that way, and I wanted to keep it that way. Um, I, I'm wondering about this particular thing because they've connected with MomoCon, DragonCon, and MomoCon. And I think DragonCon has decided that MomoCon has younger people, etc. And, and so they've stopped the kink panels. And when the people that do the kink panels contacted them to ask about you know, future panels, they were told no, that it's, that it's done. Well, here's my issue with this. One... A lot of these kids at MomoCon, and yes, MomoCon is younger in general, and we are having them move over to DragonCon. Well, when you are into anime or whatever, you really are going to be checking out other stuff. Plus, the IQ, and I'll say this, and I've said it many times, the IQ of people that go to a lot of these cons and MomoCon at DragonCon, etc., is higher. We now know, not just from... Um, it's been checked. I don't know how to put that. That just sounds odd. But we now know that the IQs of people who tend to be into things like BDSM tend to be higher. Um, and so you know that a lot of these kids are going to end up being curious about this. Well, we've just gotten rid of panels that when they're old enough to go to a panel at DragonCon, that would be a safe place for them to learn the protocols of how not to fall into someone's hands that could potentially hurt them or how to have a proper safe word or how to have the proper backups or how not to let yourself get tied up by someone because you're curious. You know, it's like I would rather have people learn in a panel where there's a lot of built-in, there's a lot of education, a lot of background in these people that are teaching these classes. And these panels are not about, um, I mean, they are about the kink, but they're also about how to find what you want safely. And if you go to Frolicon, which is an amazing, amazing con, and there are other cons like that, you, you are going to experience all this. But so many people, Dragon Con is their first for so many things. And it makes me very sad that it's no longer going to be their first as an adult that is curious and sane and capable of making their own decisions that they can no longer go to a panel that is oriented to their interests and is backed up with so much experience and people that care about their safety. Well, there are groups that will still be meeting though oh, yeah, at DragonCon. We've yes. we've um, some of my friends have we've actually been discussing this that if we can get some of the people that do um, like the rope, um, the Japanese rope bondage and stuff. Because that doesn't have to be done, you know. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be an officially sanctioned. Yes, event. and so some of us have already been talking about trying to get some very casual, just chit chatty meetups where if people have questions, um, as long as you are adult, sane, can give your own consent, informed consent, 
whatever you choose to do, as long as it's also with adults, et cetera, it's, it's fine. And, and I feel that this step is wrong, especially in the fact so many of the LGBT community, this is part of an aspect. I, I was, oh, you guys are going to learn way too much about Michelle. Um, I was, when I first came to the United States, I was really good friends with a group in D.C., and I ended up in um, this one community that was part of a leather bar. And if you know me, I'm very, very chill and funny and stuff. These people kept me sane when I came to the United States. I had a very rough time here. I went dancing with these people. The, the way that they take care of each other, the way they make sure you're safe, they check on you constantly, amazing human beings. And it makes me sad that on a formal scale, we will no longer have this at DragonCon. I wish that if you, if you know people, start chit-chatting, we can start a buzz and see if we can find each other and do these casual just meet-up things and let people learn how to do the rope or just find out what not to do, how to keep yourself safe. Exactly. And it's what it's all about. It's informational. It's not about hooking up or anything. Right. It's it's all about learning about different lifestyles, different ways of thinking of things. It's not about, you know, hey, we're going to go to this panel and I'm going to meet my tonight's best friend. You know, there are people that are like that. And the thing about the panels to me is you learn how not to fall prey to people like that. Exactly. Because it is about your safety, and some people um, really need really need this. Because I know I know people that have been through really horrible things in their lives, and something about being able to be in that world has has helped them, and it quiets their minds and lets them be stress free. And I know a lot of doctors and lawyers. You have no idea that well. You probably do. The people that come into DragonCon in particular for events for this. And, you know, I just, it makes me sad that that aspect is gone and that, that it's seen as something that's not wanted at Dragon Con. It makes me sad. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously all those good points because, you know, even though the, the saying goes there's safety in numbers, way too often we find out that that's not the case. Right. Right. And, you know, there are, like, if there are parties that you go to and stuff, always know who you're going with, et cetera. Let someone know where you're going. Absolutely. But let's leave it on a good note. Um, Yes, please. Let's say we're only 70-some days, actually closer to 60 days till 69 (laughs) days. Ooh, 69 days for Dragon Con. Hey, my favorite day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a good note. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, for for all those people listening, especially for the first time, where can they find you? Um. Facebook, Drop by Dragon Con. There's a page and a community. You can go to the page, but you know you won't find us there because I just post things every snog. The community is where you go. You have to put in to join. I check everybody out um, to make sure that it's you know a real account, etc. But they're amazing people, really fabulous people. Anything you need support-wise, we're there. We we just I want to do a call out. We just lost a member. She passed from cancer. Um, Mary Grace Crawford. She made it to halfway. She got to go to Europe. She got to see her daughter graduate high school. Wow. Wow. We're sending six bottles of of, um, Prosecco, actually five bottles of Prosecco and a bottle of sake. It's on heat hold right now, but our group actually sent that to them instead of flowers because, 
she was someone who was effervescent and celebrated life to the last minute. So we thought alcohol was so much better. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, very nice touch and very nice to talk to you, I think, for the first time this year. So oh, time, Mike. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, I, 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 it's my pleasure. So um, I look forward to doing it again next month. OK, ciao. And last but certainly not least, we are once again joined by Eternal Zan for another Hotel Spotlight. Welcome back to the station, Zan. Thank you very much. And uh, have I talked to you yet this year? This is pretty awesome, right? Because uh, I usually miss this segment. So I'm glad to be here and, and talking to you about my the hotel that I know the least about. Yeah, I haven't stayed there either, but I did do some research for this, and I did learn a, a few really interesting things. So the first thing I actually wanted to just uh, knock out, this is the very last hotel community that I will be covering. If you're new to the podcast, I covered other communities in previous episodes relating to booking a room for Dragon Con or finding roommates, just anything having to do with getting a hotel at Dragon Con. There are various online communities that can help you with that because the host hotels sell out. So this month's hotel community is there is a Facebook group called Dragon Con's Cheap Klingon. And the purpose of this group is to find the cheapest possible hotel room for Dragon Con. So this means non-host hotels. This community encourages you to share bargains and deals related to Dragon Con with a special emphasis on hotel deals that offer rates cheaper than the convention rate. So they get most of their deals through blind bidding sites like Hotwire. And they make an educated guess about what hotel you'll get if you book. So you do it at your own risk. You have to be willing to take a chance because there's no guarantee you're going to get the hotel you think you're going to get on a blind bidding site. And there isn't as much to know about getting a non-host hotel. So their pinned post is very brief. And just to clarify, they're not a place to find a host hotel or roommate's or transferring a room, or getting advice on any of that. Getting advice on how to find roommates, or advice about how to get your non-refundable deposit back by transferring a room. They're very laser-focused in finding the cheapest possible rooms they can for Dragon Con, which again means a non-host hotel, and it's probably going to be a little farther away from the action. Um, Did you have any questions about that community? Uh, no, but uh, again, we appreciate uh, all the ones uh, that you've mentioned, and uh, and yeah, this one is certainly a valuable one as well, especially as we get closer to the event. Yeah, yeah, you can find you definitely can find some bargains there, and they encourage you to share the bargains that you do find. So, my host hotel for this month is the Westin, and there is very important news about the Westin. If you have a Westin reservation, you need to check it as soon as possible. If you haven't been online and, and checking the DragonCon Hotel Connection page or the DragonCon Rooms group, which is where this news was shared, in the past two weeks, there have been many reports of Western rooms being canceled with no notice, even rooms with a valid credit card on file. So this is pretty scary. So check your reservation and bring your confirmation email to DragonCon with you. If you don't want to print it out, I suggest forwarding it to yourself so it's in your inbox when you get to DragonCon. 
I don't know why the cancellations have been happening. I can't say because, you know, I don't work for the hotel and online reports have varied on this. In some cases, not all, the reason for the cancellation was because an expired credit card was left on file. And this can happen with any hotel. So the following advice applies to everyone. Before calling a hotel to check on your reservation, the first thing you want to do is check your credit card records or bank statement to see if your hotel deposit has been taken out yet. And if so, when? Because you're going to need this information when you call. Um, if the deposit hasn't been charged to your credit card yet, then find out when it's supposed to come out by reading your confirmation email. And if the email doesn't say, then call the hotel and ask. And I always recommend calling the, the 404 area code number during regular business hours and asking for in-house reservations because they're more likely to be familiar with the DragonCon reservations than the 1-800 number. So, for example, one person who booked their room at the Westin on September 15th of last year said their deposit of 335 came out on May 15th and that their email said the remainder of the cost of the entire stay was supposed to come out, is scheduled to come out on August 11th. So if you have roommates, you'll probably want to get their money as soon as possible because you want to give your bank some extra time to process their payments so your account has enough money in it when the hotel charges you. And remember, it's normal for it to take a few days for payments to process. So if you don't see something come out of your account on the exact date your email says it will, uh, just keep an eye out on that. Now, have you guys heard anything about this in regards to the West End? Do you have any additional insight into this? Nope, I, I did not know that. So that is good information to know. Okay, so yeah, this is this is fairly recent, just the last couple weeks. And also just knowing when deposits come out in general is always helpful because that is a good time to snap up a canceled room. The Westin <laughs> has Yeah. So, you know, again, just because they say something's gonna happen on August eleventh, you know, it could happen a couple days before or a couple days after. So really I'd say like a week before, a week after, because things don't always happen as scheduled. Um and we talked a little bit about the Westin releasing rooms at the convention late rate on last month's podcast, so I won't go into detail on that here. But I'll just say again briefly that I don't know of another hotel that does this. All the other hotels release canceled rooms back at the full non-discounted rate, which can easily be $600 a night or more. And the Sheraton may also be taking out deposits this month in June. So Sheraton reservation holders should also make sure they have a current credit card on file or your room can, you know, also get canceled. And you might be wondering, you know, what happens if you get to DragonCon and then you find out your reservation was canceled because I have friends that's happened to. Well, you know, they can't give you a room they don't have, so you'll have to find another place to stay. I mean, it's Atlanta, so you know, there'll be something else. But the hotel may offer to book you at another hotel in the chain, but it's, it's not going to be a host hotel, and it could be a few miles away. So if we have time, I'll give some more credit card advice at the end of the segment. Um, did you have any more questions about just that general topic about making sure your reservation is good? No, no. I mean, that's important stuff regardless of the hotel. I mean, it, that applies to anything. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that advice is all good for other hotels. But again, the Westin is the only one I've heard of where people who have a valid credit card on file have been 
you know, having problems with their room and being told that their room was canceled and then they have to spend a bunch of time on the phone to get the reservation back. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think something like ha- that happened with one of the other hotels a couple years ago and it was ugly. So it's it's I'm sad to hear that it's going on again with that host hotel. So, yeah, I think that might have been the Hyatt a couple years ago. Um, and yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I do seem to recall that, but, you know, fingers crossed that won't happen again this year. So, like I said, my hotel for this month is the Westin, and we are talking about the Westin Peachtree Plaza, and that became a DragonCon host hotel in 2011, but it was an overflow hotel before that. The vibe at the Westin, I'd say, is quiet and relaxed. There isn't really enough space for cosplayers to congregate in the lobby, and they have to keep all the traffic moving. So they don't have any major costuming events there. They do have dances slash parties in the ballrooms at night. And in my experience, because I've been to quite a few of them, they tend to be lower-key parties, so not as wild as at the Hyatt and Marriott and the Hilton. Well, so, well Zan, Zan, one of the other things they yeah. do there is, of course, the Buffy the, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's sing-along. And they also, oh, is that in the Westin now? Because yeah. the last time I went, that was in the Hyatt, but that was a couple of years ago. I think because the Wheaton track was there. And, okay. And so they also have done in the past, I know they've done the Rocky Horror there, and they've also, of course, done Dr. Horrible. Okay. See, the last time I did Rocky Horror, it was in Hyatt Centennial, but I don't do the same thing every single year. So, um, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to skip covering what tracks are there because that all seems very subject to change at that point. So I don't want to go at this point. Yes. Stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like wrong tomorrow. So I'm just, yeah, I'm going to skip, but where's your favorite track? TBA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how you get to the Westin, um, this is how I remember it is if you go out the front of the Hyatt and turn left, then you'll be walking a block and crossing the street. Uh, you pass the CVS and the Hard Rack Cafe on your left, and then you look across the street and you'll see the America's Mart. And the next building after that is the Westin. So, again, the Westin Peachtree Plaza it's also, is at the corner. It's, also, oh, sorry, it's also hard not to miss because it's one of the tallest buildings in Atlanta. Yeah, that's another good advice. When I'm when I'm leading a tour on the newbies tour, I always recommend to people to look up because the hotels are labeled on the outside. They will say Hyatt, Weston, Marriott. So if you need to orient yourself, just look up and you'll see something that tells you where you are. So, yeah, that's very good advice. So the uh, the Weston is at the corner of Andrew Young International and Peachtree Street and their direct phone number is one four zero four six five nine fourteen hundred, and there is some danger with the West End. You need to be careful when you walk up the marble front steps because it is slippery when it rains, <laughs> or if someone has spilled a drink there because it's Dragon Con and people might have beverages in their hand. So if you're in a wheelchair or you can't take stairs for any reason, then you'll want to go around the side onto Andrew Young and look for the valet entrance and their elevators there. So for everyone with mobility issues, I suggest having the local phone number for all the host hotels in your phone in case you need to call someone. Uh, when you walk in the from the street, you're on the sixth floor of the Westin. So that throws some people. They're like, oh, did, am I in the wrong place? No, you're, you walk in on the sixth floor. And then on the sixth floor, on the first few rooms on either side of you are track rooms. And again, I'm not sure what tracks. We don't know what tracks are going to be this year. 
the seventh and eighth floor, they also have track rooms, but they also have ballrooms that are the larger main have the larger main programming events like you just described, such as the celebrity Q&A panels and other popular events. And the key thing to know here is that the lines for these ballrooms don't necessarily form where you think they would. So if you see a line, ask people what they're in line for, and that way you can join the correct line without having to go all the way to the room first and ask a volunteer. So, for example, sometimes the line for the Peachtree Ballroom on the eighth floor starts forming on the sixth or seventh floor. So you could go all the way to the eighth floor, only be directed back down. And by the time you find the end of the line, the line's been cut off. That's, that's been happened. That has happened to me. As a general tip, if your panel's being held in a ballroom, it's because it's expected to be popular enough to fill a ballroom. And, you know, any room at Dragon Con can, can fill up. So as far as Dragon Con's concerned, the only floors you need to know about are floors six through eight. And there's elevators, escalators, and stairs that go to all those rooms. So um, are we running out of time? Or would you like me to talk a little bit about how to book the Westin for next year? Um, real quick, uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the Westin. And I think that, yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Uh, how so, to book it, yes. Okay. So it... If you're staying at the Westin, you can join their Starwood Rewards program and request a checkout as late as 4 p.m. And they haven't announced yet how they'll be taking bookings for next year. But in the past, you could book a room on the Monday or Tuesday after Dragon Con. They've never used Passkey. And you book by calling their their local number or visiting or their 800 number, which is 1-800-937-8461. Or visiting starwoodhotels.com and search for Weston Peachtree Plaza in Atlanta. So normally by the time their info is updated on the official DragonCon website, all the rooms have sold out. Because while they're releasing rooms, everybody's still at DragonCon and they are too busy to update the website. So if you want to stay there for next year, the best thing to do is while you're at DragonCon, ask the Weston, ask their front desk, when they're taking bookings for next year and how they're doing it. And if they don't know, just keep asking until you find someone who does, because they'll often say, oh, just go to the DragonCon website, which, like I said, won't be updated until it's too late and all the rooms are gone, because the Westin doesn't generally have, like, one booking release day. Um, or if they do, like I said, it's very soon after DragonCon. So you can also um, use some online resources we've previously discussed that people might be able to share information there. So you can still try to book for this year. Um, you can go to the DragonCon website. You know, it's updated now with the information for last year. It has the policies to get the discounted DragonCon rate for the Westin and a link to book. So you want to make sure you have enough money on your credit card. So, for example, the DragonCon website says four-night minimum stay and one-night non-refundable deposit at the time of the reservation. But as we've learned, they don't actually take that deposit out right away for most people. And that's why it's important to check your credit card and bank account and read your confirmation email. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, hopefully we can talk about, uh, you know, credit card information next month because that's valuable information as well. Yeah. The most important thing to know about credit card information is don't leave an expired credit card on file just to be safe. I always recommend using a credit card with an expiration date, the year of the convention, October or later. So whatever you have on file now should um, should be October 2016 or later. And we can cover much more specific detailed advice on that in the future. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Once again, your information is invaluable, especially on the last of the host hotels, at least so far, the official host hotels. Uh, the Western was named, I think, an official host hotel um, the, is the last one to be named that. Um, but then there are so many other hotels in the area. And and maybe in a future episode, we can talk about some of the best of those as well. But awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. You're welcome. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 special report. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on this episode. As always, we are glad to hear from Michelle Biddick-Simmons, along with the crucial information from Eternal Zan. And much thanks to our station crew, starting with Tacoma. Thanks again for joining us this month. You are most welcome. You know I always like talking to you guys. I appreciate that. Any uh, sort of shout-outs or where you're going to be as far as uh, do you have anything going on between now and DragonCon? Or is it just like we need to get ready for this? I I think I am con-free and event-free. I'm just on hyperdrive for my costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Bust out the paints. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you next month. And, And thanks, Nikki, for returning to the station. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here when I can. Any anything that you've got going on between now and the big event? Uh, actually, yeah, I'm leaving on Thursday for New York. I'm going to KCON, um, which is a Korean pop culture and music convention. So I'm pretty awesome. excited about that. And of course, uh, we'll be say, able to see all about that because you'll be giving us plenty of pictures, right? Of course, yeah. You can find the pictures uh, on Facebook, Geek Behind the Lens Photography, or you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki71. I was I was honored to have my picture taken and posted uh, when I was at Momocon. So uh, as part of that group, that was awesome. Oh, I'm, I missed you yeah. then at Momocon. Well, we'll have to make sure that doesn't happen at DragonCon then. I know. And oh. uh, Darren, thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Anything? Uh, or you're just getting ready for DragonCon, right? Uh, I'm actually <laughs> packing up my life and getting ready to sell my loft. So uh, oh wow! On top of everything, so yeah, nothing's but, going on here at all. Well, um, you will be on the next, uh, this week's episode, as Mike alluded to, of Earth Station One. And uh, we're, we're going to be have... discussing a very famous film that I cannot believe the station has not discussed yet. It's, I really can't. Uh, we, we are off to see The Wizard. We are. Ooh. The Wonderful it's, Wizard of Oz? It's Indeed. the one. It's, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that. So, And thank you, Director Faber, for which none of this would be possible. Oh, dude, it's my pleasure. It's always great to talk Dragon Con and help the people. We actually, if you have a sec, I got actually an email from one of our listeners about oh, Dragon wow. Con. Oh, wow. Sure. Yeah. So We've got letters. Lots we of have letters. So soon? We just got done talking about the diversity. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I knew we were going to get comments and emails, but I didn't know it was going to happen before the show was even released. It's actually some newbie news. Some, nice. advi- some advice uh, from a woman named Susan. She said, hey, guys, I wanted to add a couple of suggestions to the Dragon Con newbies report that you run on your con report show every month. 
These come from my walking to and from area restaurants in Midtown area and observing passerbyers. First, and this has just started this last year, be aware that the trees lining Peachtree Street and the various cross streets have low metal fences around them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially if you've got some protruding element of your costume. Exactly. I, I saw a drunk person take a header last year. Oh, dude. <laughs> but you have to realize there's so many people also just looking at their phones. Yep, yeah, true. Yep. and texting and they're not paying or attention their cameras and they're trying to get pictures exactly well exactly <laughs> it said if you're walking along the sidewalks please do not walk too close to these fences they are just about shin height and cause some damage if you do or someone <laughs> with you stumbles into them and please do not push when you are on the sidewalk just stop and take a moment and remember that you'll only miss 10 seconds of a panel that you're trying so desperately to get to Second, this person speaking from experience. I know, right? (laughs) Second, if you're walking and looking at your handheld device, please move out of the flow of traffic. (laughs) You slow down when you're texting or reading, and you may not even know it. You can also. I sensed an adjective there that was held. (laughs) (laughs) You could also might not be aware of your surroundings. See paragraph above. And you can trip or cause someone else to bump into you. And please, please don't text and walk in the habit trails. Remember, these are at least 10 people behind you when you're either walking from point A to point B. And they don't want you to crash into you either. Can you even put your arms up in the habit trails to look at your phone? Because, yeah, I can't. The habit trails are for transport. You remember Labyrinth? You know, we've been on our minds a lot. You remember when when, uh, the poor girl was down in the uh, oublette Mm -hmm. and she was running because there was a big thing, was a grindy thing following her with big teeth? That's what I want for the. You want that in the habit trail? I want that in the habit trail. People moving. People will clear out of my way. It's <laughs> or they just released the big giant ball like an Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, I've done that before. It will work. Yeah, start oh, okay. started in the Hyatt and then it should roll all the way down <laughs> to the hill. The exactly. It'd go floor by floor in the Marriott. You must have this much stamina to ride this trip. Hello. Well, right, okay. Wait, let's, let's get through the email. Okay. No, that's, <laughs> that was it. She says, thanks, guys. Good job. I like listening every month. Susan. All right, Susan. Thank you thank so you. much. As, as Susan just pointed out, we, we try to cover everything that we can with these specials. But – uh, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, we we want to get the latest tips, the latest insights that you have. Um, various groups. If you want to promote various groups that we might have talked about in our topic or uh, that uh, we didn't talk about, um, please feel free to reach out to us because we'd love to have you guys on the show to promote uh, those kind of uh, groups. Uh, anything uh, related to DragonCon. We love talking about the convention and all aspects of it. Um, of course – for the latest news officially, please check out the DragonCon website and the social media outlets. All the tracks are active and all groups are active on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc., etc. Uh, we can be found on all those groups too. 
Uh, we want you to be part of the discussion, so please feel free to join us in the social media group, uh, the ESO group, as well as um, uh, the ESW group as well. Um, please help support the ESO podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. And in done. two months! Woohoo! Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the two-month thing is kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. scary. <laughs> I have to start, like, walking. Like, seriously walking. <laughs> of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.